0: Now, this is one of Paul's last writings that we know about in history, and it's to Timothy. So, 2 Timothy chapter 4, beginning in verse 6. It says, "For I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time for my departure is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept" the faith now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness which the lord the righteous judge will award me on that day and not only to me but also to all who have longed for his appearing do your best to come to me quickly for demas because he loved this world has deserted me and gone to thessalonica Prescius has gone to Galatia. Titus to Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you because he is helpful to me in my ministry. I sent Tychicus to Ephesus. When you come, bring the cloak that I left with Carpus at Troas and my scrolls, especially the parchments. Let's say our scripture declaration Lord, we honor your word to us. May your truth become our heart's pursuit and our life's practice. Heavenly Father, open our hearts and our ears and our minds to hear from you, from your word, through our pastor this morning. Amen. Amen.
1: Um, Before uh, I have everybody dismissed, can we give Eric a hand for the great job that he did last week? I mean, how about Eric... And the preaching, thank you so much. And uh, we're like kind of shirt brothers today, so we both got the uh, memo. That's pretty cool. I have a man crush on you, Yeah. Uh, oh. Okay, that's awkward. All right. Uh, we had an opportunity to go and hang with Tori, my oldest daughter, up in Michigan last week, and uh, what a blessing that was. Um, I will tell you, it gets cold in Michigan in uh, in February. But I didn't know that. Uh, there's also a lot of snow. Uh, didn't know that at all Uh, just joking Um, Wow it is really cold up there she saw something how many of you guys know the snow plows that they run Have y'all ever seen those snow plows few of y'all st. Louis in the house and uh, Wisconsin in the house and New York in the house so we got a few of y'all who have lived way to the north so she saw something in the Home Depot parking lot and she said you should have seen this I was like what is it she said some snow plow owner runner operator whatever decided to do something great and so what he did was he piled up the snow and I'm not kidding when they pile up the snow sometimes it's this high these were about this high and he put it on all four sides of the of the car like it camouflaged it she sent me a picture I thought she was kidding like you could not have gotten into this car without digging out with a shovel room for your door and I was like man there there's evil in the world out there I just want y'all to know that y'all can be dismissed if you're a teenager or a kiddo you can be dismissed back to the back i want you to go ahead and go and enjoy yourself have a good time and uh, thank you for participating and you guys enjoy yourself back there all right so let me take a quick drink of water we're gonna play a little game how many of you know that the internet is full of advice not necessarily good advice Sometimes it's bad advice, sometimes it's good advice, but the internet is full of advice. How many of y'all know that, right? All right, so today we're going to play a game, and we have to vote as a church. I'm going to throw a meme or a quote up on the screen, and we're going to decide if it's cheesy, if it's funny, or if it's wise. Alright, now this sounds like this is an easy game, you're going to figure it all out, but some of you who think it's, it's, not, oh, it's not cheesy, it's sweet, you know, like that might be a thing. Or it could be wise and funny at the same time, so we might have a little bit of gray area, but we're going to take a vote, we're going to figure it out. So we're going to go through the different ones, but first let's check out our intro movie. Okay, so off we go in this game that I'm calling Cheesy Funny Wise. Cheesy Funny Wise. All right, here we go. We're going to vote. Let's see this first one that we... Our love is like a song that only we can hear. Cheesy Funny or Wise? Let me hear it. What is it? Super cheesy, right? Cheesy. Does everybody vote cheesy? Give me a thumbs up. One of you is like, oh, that's so sweet. but No, it's not. It's just cheesy. No one, no one actually talks that way. No one that you want to know or be involved with actually talks that way. Trust me. So we we're all in agreement. Cheesy. Number two. Let's check this one out. You never got to worry about me cheating on you. I might eat something that was yours, but that's about it. Cheesy, funny, or wise? Which one? Shelly is saying wise because I'm that guy. I'm like literally that guy. One day she walked in and I was standing in front of the, you know, the refrigerator and she couldn't see me because the door. And I think she thought I was on the phone and I was like, oh, look at you. You are beautiful. We should always be together. And she's like, what are you doing? And I turned around. I had the styrofoam box from the night before and I was like, what? You know, what? That's just me. I don't know. So I thought it was wise, but anyway. All right funny. Very good. Let's go to the next one. Love is patient. Love is kind. And then the terrible twos arrive. Can I get an amen in the house? Yes. Some of you who have children or have had grandchildren around. Yes. You're like, that is so true. So is it cheesy? Is it funny? Is it wise? (laughs) How many of you vote wise? Let me see. All right. Yeah. Y'all are like, yeah, I've been there. Okay. So we vote that one to be wise. How many of y'all voted funny? funny wise or wise funny it's kind of in between all right very good and the kid with the with the boxing gloves from america is pretty awesome all right let's go to this next one every day i fall more and more in love with you except yesterday yesterday you were really annoying see what i'm saying see what i'm saying is this funny or is this wise could it be both right okay how many of you vote funny let me see you how many of you vote wise let me see you okay we're about half and half we're split on this one this one's going to have to go to a runoff election all right (laughs) sorry too too soon uh let's go let's go to this next one your relationships will be a walk in the park jurassic park cheesy funny wise or incredibly true which one is it cheesy funny wise which one is it why <laughs> it is wise I think this one is wise and maybe a little bit funny do, do we have the wise vote Kurt said wise so all right sorry I'm sorry just put your business out in the YouTube verse all right so here is the truth your relationships are always going to be a little crazy, at least one of them almost all the time. Can I get an amen, right? Like if, if it's not with this person, if things are good with this person, it might be somebody else. Maybe somebody at work, but something kind of crazy going on. You know, it's always something with your relationships. And sometimes they're very, very important relationships. Sometimes they're not. And so if that's kind of where you're at, if you really think about it, you can maybe get a little less stressed, because the truth is is that I think we believe somehow if we 're really close to God, then everything in our life is going to just go smoothly. But in a fallen world with fallen people who do not always honor God, and let's be honest, we care about us first and others second way too often, and that's out there in the world as well, and so when that happens. What I'm doing, even if I'm not intending to hurt you, sometimes I will because I'm not perfect and I'm not on that agenda that you and I are not both aware of. You guys with me? Y'all understand what I'm saying? And so your kids, (laughs) your parents, your siblings, you know, all the way down the line, your spouses, whatever it might be, Sometimes it's a walk in the park, and most of the time it's a walk in Jurassic Park. This is just the truth. But let's go to our next slide, and I want to just share something with you, and this is really important. God's plan, overcome, aim, learn, service, all of that stuff, we've been talking about goals. Last week, Eric talked about aim, And in the previous weeks, I talked about these others, but I started looking at this list and our goals for making our better new year and the things in our life maybe a little bit better. I looked at these, and to be honest with you, I underlined four out of the five because I believe if you start looking at these, every single one of these four is pretty heavily affected by whether or not your relationships are where you want them to be because it is God's plan for us to be in community, It is a complication and it's a complacency thing in our relationships. It is something that we need to grow in competence. We need to get better at doing the things with relationships, but we also need to get better in character as well. And then also, you do something for others' benefit first. That's so important. So as you look at this list of things that we have said, this is a great way to meet the goals that God is laying out for us. All of these areas are all touched and affected by how we're doing in our relationships so I want to talk about relationships today and I'm not just simply or purely in any way shape or form talking about just a marriage relationship because this is true for any relationship and it is important to you and to God so let's check this next one out here and if you are wondering about the five love languages, uh, this book is one of the best books that you can find out there. It is a way to build a bridge to somebody. If you've ever felt like, you know, I'm trying real hard to reach this person, but it seems like everything that I do is not landing this may be something that you need to look at. This is called The Five Love Languages, and as you see here, there's over 60,500 ratings on Amazon, and they all are five star. I'm telling you, this is one of the best books ever written, one of the most insightful books, and if you're like, well, yeah, that's cool, but. I'm not even in a marriage relationship. I'm not even in a relationship. Well, I'm here to tell you they've got one of those for five love languages for kids as well, and that's really important and vital. I won't linger here too long, so let's keep moving, but you can check that out, and uh, you guys are resourceful people. You know what you're doing. Let's go to our next slide. And so as you look at this next slide, this is our one to remember. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of this, but one thing I do... I forget what is behind, and I strain towards what is ahead. I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. This particular verse I memorized when I was young uh, by my dad preaching from this message and quoting this message, or pardon me, this uh, verse, and he always did so from the King James Version. And in the King James Version, it says, uh, I press on towards the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And I've always loved that verse in that particular translation because I believe that we as Christians are called to live a high calling, not just to simply survive, but live in such a way that we do the things God would have us to do, but also we inspire other people when they say, you know, there's something different about that life. And that life and hey all three of these people that have a different life than I do and one that I would more like for myself they're all Christians you see and this is how we are sharing Christ without ever even opening our mouths and so it's so important for us to grasp this and understand but here's what I also want to share with you and I'm just gonna be as honest as I can for most of us as Christians whenever I say the word grace The very first thing that we think of is what God has done for me. And you know what? That is the defining characteristic of my life. If you probably are like me, that's the defining characteristic of your life. You would be a radically different person if you did not have God's grace in your life to forgive you and put you on a new path. Is there anybody in here want to join me and say amen to that? I mean, that's me. That is me. Like, if I were not a Christian, I'd be a radically different person. But here is what I also would say for us as Christians, that's not where it ends. That is not where it ends. But the problem is well, <clears throat> actually, let me back up. That is where it is, but that's not where it's supposed to end. Because when we receive grace, we are also supposed to turn around and give grace. And this is our big idea for today. And you can see it here. Christians are transformed by grace, both the receiving of it and the giving of it. And this is so important and so vital. If your relationship that you're thinking about and kind of going through in your head whenever I talk about this, or I mention, hey, who's that person that you should probably be taking out you know, to kind of reconnect with them? If you are not extending grace, and by the way, if you don't know what grace is, grace is unmerited favor. Would you guys say that with me? Grace is unmerited favor. That means you didn't earn it, and neither did I. God gave it because of His greatness, not because of any goodness that we had. And so here's the truth. If we are not extending grace to other people, that is where the transformation in our life ceases. If you want to be a person who grows in grace and grows in relationships and grows to become a better person, you need to just stop simply receiving grace and start giving grace. Now, <clears throat> <laughs> yeah this is one of those things because i've talked to some of you you know you and i have had conversations and we've all been there right where we say you know i just love the lord but sometimes his children drive me insane (laughs) right i mean this is just the truth because the truth is is that it's easy to love god who we have not seen who is not here intangibly in flesh but it is hard to love the brother or the sister that is here intangible and in flesh, and pushing us and prodding us and poking us in directions and ways that we don't want to be pushed, prodded, or, prod, uh, or poked, right? And any of those things that happen, we have to go back to that scripture that I kind of almost just quoted from 1 John. How can we love the God that we haven't seen when we don't love his children whom we have? Sorry, that's scripture. If you don't like it, you can say, Randy you know, hey, I don't really feel that way, I don't like that scripture, that's fine, take it up with God, because I'm not the one who said it, I'm just quoting what he said. Because he has said in his word, how is it possible for us to proclaim this great love for God, and this great grace that God has extended to us, and think that this is where it ends, and that it's not important for us to be like him and extend that grace to other people. So, Christians are transformed by grace, both the receiving and the giving of it. Would you guys say this with me, please? Christians are transformed by grace, both the receiving and the giving of it. So, let's keep moving and let's talk about some things. This is the 30,000 foot view, and this is the zoomed in view. So, our world from 2020, To now, and then I want to talk about your world in 2022, before, during, and after. All right, you guys ready? Now I'm about to start meddling, okay? (laughs) I don't mean to, but can I just say something? So much in our world is putting us into categories that we don't even have to deal with people anymore because they're in that category, and that category is hopeless. You know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm saying. I mean, choose the category. They feel this way or that way about this issue or that issue. And we start putting people into categories and we don't ever extend them the grace of God because they don't think the way that we do and so they're hopeless, they're unreachable. You, you might have even said they're idiots, <laughs> right? Is this thing on? You know what I'm talking about, right? C- can, I be, can we be honest Like, I mean, do you realize there were people that muted relatives on Facebook because they didn't want to hear what they thought about masks anymore in 2020? Can I get an amen? Right? Like, that happened. That was somebody that you claim to love and you don't want to hear what they think about this subject or that subject. Now, I ain't saying that go out there and talk about it. I'm not saying that at all. But I'm saying this Where's the grace? Because I know some people feel this way, some people feel this way, most of us feel somewhere in between, and we've lost all grace for anybody who doesn't think almost identical to us in a lot of ways. Am I wrong? Y'all tell me if I'm wrong, because I don't think I'm wrong. And what we've done is we've categorized people, and once we categorize them, we can, guess what, dismiss them with cause in our own heart. And then we say, it's so good to have God's grace. It's so good to have God's grace. And yet it's not really transforming our world, is it? (laughs) I guess God's grace isn't working like it used to. Or is it maybe something else? Y'all see what I'm saying? Can I just say something? I really do want to say this. It's time for whatever has kept us apart to cease. To keep us apart. Now, you don't have to agree with me politically. You don't have to agree with me when it comes to the coronavirus. You don't have to agree with me in any of these other things. You don't have to agree with anyone. But what you do have to do is you do have to extend grace. That's not my word, that's God's word. Can can I say that? Because the truth is is that we feel more comfortable when we don't have to engage and say, you know what? I like that and I don't like that. But what I will choose to do is I will choose to love all anyway. Now, I know that this is not going to get me a lot of amens. Because this is poking you and poking me right where I don't like to be poked. But this is the truth. The church... Our world, our families are more divided than they've ever, ever, ever been. Can I get an amen at least on that? That's right, right? Because we can't find any common ground. Well, here's the common ground. It's at the foot of the cross, by the way, and it is all people need grace from God and from one another. Now, how many of you, let's be honest, how many of you have said or done something stupid Stupid. I'm talking about super duper stupid that you wish that you could take back. Can I get a hand raised in the air? Okay. Every hand. Oh, not all of you. Okay. Thank you. A few of y'all, few of y'all need to talk about your lion to yourself. Uh, yeah. Or you're not listening. Somebody raised. Okay. All right. Very good. Here's what I'm saying. What did you need? You needed somebody to say, you know what? We've all been there and it is going to be okay. And I forgive you. Not because you didn't just do something or say something super duper stupid, but because I've done that too. And if I haven't done it that way, I've done it another way. And if I haven't done it yet, I will do it in the future. Can I get an amen, right? And so here's the thing. We're so desperate to point out how we are superior that we refuse to extend grace. Can I get real pointed real quick? Here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking to myself, thank God that the one who was actually superior didn't get so superior that he couldn't extend grace to us. You see what I'm saying? And we needed that desperately, and he knew that. And so you know what? If you and I can't do that for one another, transformation ends with us, and we never fully become who he's asking us to be. Now, I could go on and on about this, but can I just share something with you? Have you guys seen something like this? (laughs) You see what I'm talking about, right? How familiar is this? Right? And you all realize, don't you? I don't know if you do or don't realize, but for the vast majority of that, it, it might be a red state or a blue state, but it's probably pretty close to 55, 45, or you know, give or take about that. So even if you're in the midst of a red state, about four out of every five, or four and a half out of every five, or pardon me, ten, excuse me, uh, don't necessarily believe the way that predominantly people believe in this state. And can, let's go even a little further. I don't know about you, I have problems with the political parties because not a single one of them you know, kind of goes down the line and says, yes, 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 yes to everything that I care about. I, I have some that get closer than what I care about, but not all the way. Can I get an amen, right? You know what I'm saying? And so if we're demanding that people get put into these categories, are you red or blue? Are you pro-mask? Are you anti-mask, right? Are you pro-vax or anti-vax? And I mean, on and on and on the list goes, Right? On and on. And what are we doing? We're just showing that we don't get what we've been given. We don't get grace because we're not given it. And I'm here to tell you that if you don't start extending grace, it's because you don't really fully understand the amount of grace that you have had extended to you. I don't know. Dare I say, could I get an amen? Right? Could I dare say, can I get an amen? Can I get an amen? You don't understand grace if you're not giving grace. If you are not actively practicing giving grace, then you don't get it. I'm not saying that he's not going to give it to you, but I'm saying you don't get it. Now, y'all are like, Randy, can you go back on vacation? (laughs) I get it. I understand. I'm poking you in spots that, but, but can I say, man, it's been two years. It's been two years and we still can't be friends. I don't know about y'all but man I'm tired of that I really am I will tell you one other thing though I'm grateful for this I'm grateful that the Bible has an example and a story of God's grace that runs pretty deep but you might have missed it it's a really interesting story and I want to share it with you and I want to do so pretty quickly but I think you can follow along with me It's found in different parts of the scriptures because it's not called out and it's happening at different times on the timeline. In some ways, it's happening in the 30s and the 40 ADs, and then later it's talked about and and resolved later in the 50s and the 60 ADs. And so... As the timeline goes forward, you get part of the story in this spot in scripture, part of the story in this part in scripture, part of the story in this part of the scripture, and it's so subtle that you might not have woven the pattern together to see the story. If you guys are open, I'm going to do that for you real quick, and it involves kind of the hero of our teaching series. It's about the Apostle Paul, and so this is a story in the New Testament that kind of this storyline weaves all throughout the New Testament. Let's go to our next slide. It's something to learn. Uh, Let's go to this next slide. I won't won't even go there. The story of grace across the New Testament. This story involves the Apostle Paul and Barnabas and John Mark. Let me share this story with you in pieces. Let's go to the next slide. This is where it begins. In Acts chapter 4, there's a man named Joseph. He's a Levite from Cyprus who the apostles call Barnabas. How many of you have ever heard that name, Barnabas? You've heard that name before, right? Okay, and, but what does his actual name there, it's actually Joseph, but they call him Barnabas, and what does Barnabas mean? It means son of what? Encouragement. I don't know about y'all, but that's a pretty good nickname to have, right? I mean, you could call me son of encouragement, and I'd be happy with that. Some of y'all are calling me son of something else. I don't know. I hope that's not true. But he sold a field he owned and brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. This is what he did. He gave of himself. He was the son of encouragement, and that's a pretty good nickname to be known by. And everywhere he shows up, he shows up under the name of Barnabas. So let's go to our next slide. So when Saul or Paul came to Jerusalem after having the Damascus Road experience, when he came to Jerusalem, he tried to join up with the disciples, but they were all afraid of him. You guys remember this story, right? He comes in, he wants to be included in the disciples. He's now a believer, and they're like, no, no, no. You're the guy who threw everybody that we used to know in jail. We're not interested in hanging with you. But no, there was one guy, Barnabas who took him and brought him to the apostles. And Barnabas told them how Saul on his journey had seen the Lord and that the Lord had spoken to him and how in Damascus he had preached fearlessly in the name of Jesus. And then it goes on, and let's go to this next slide. We're gonna talk about John Mark, but let's talk about this. When Saul was kept at arm's length from everybody else, when he was considered not welcome in this crew, there was one guy who said, you know what? He needs grace. And so I will be the conduit of grace to this man. I'm going to bring him in. I'm going to put myself on the line, and I'm going to bring him in to the fellowship. Now stop for just a second. Can I tell you all something? How many of you guys would consider the Apostle Paul one of the most important parts of early Christianity? Would you all agree with me on that? I mean, he wrote... Romans, 1st and 2nd Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, Thessalonians, you know, 1st and 2nd, you know, he wrote a few books, right? Pretty important guy. Can I ask you a question? People have left the fellowship of believers for a whole lot less than being, you know, kept at arm's length and excommunicated by the leaders of that church, right? I'm not, that's true, right? And so if that's happened, how important is Barnabas in this story? He goes, he gets him, he brings him. He says, no, you're a part of us now. Pretty important. So let's keep going. And what happens? From Pamphis, Paul and his companions sailed to Perga in Pamphylia where John left them to return to Jerusalem. That's from Acts chapter 13. And then this talks about my fellow prisoner, Aristarchus sends you his greeting as does John Mark, the cousin of Barnabas. You've received instructions about him. If he comes to you, welcome him. Who is this guy? There was a guy who had two names in the Bible that we've often seen. His name was John Mark. He was probably pretty young. He went out on the very first missionary journey, and when he did, he stayed for a while and eventually came to the place where he did not stay. They were out there. They needed him. He was a part of the team that they were relying on, and he left them, and he left them high and dry. How many of y'all have ever been left high and dry? It ain't easy to say, oh, no problem. (laughs) You go, what? What are you doing? What are we supposed to do? We were planning for you to be here. We were counting on you, all of these things, all of these emotions. And so guess what? Let's keep going in this story. You guys with me? There's Paul and Barnabas who have gone away on the very first missionary journey. Now they're back, and now they're deciding to go out on the second one. Let's go to our next slide. Sometime later, Paul said to Barnabas, hey, let's go back and visit the believers in all the towns where we preach the word of God and see how they're doing. And so Barnabas wanted to take John, also called Mark with him. That's his cousin. He's forgiven him. He's family. Let's take him along. He was helpful before he left, and he said he's really sorry. Let's take him this time. Right? That, y'all, y'all see it? But Paul didn't think it was wise to take him because he deserted them in Pamphylia and had not continued with them in the work. Let's keep going. They had such a sharp disagreement that they parted company. Barnabas took Mark, sailed for Cyprus. Paul chose Silas and left, commended by the believers to the grace of the Lord. He went through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches. One missionary team split over whether they should include Mark and give him grace or not. You guys with me? Y'all see what's going on? In this story that's being woven through Acts and, you know, Colossians and uh, in Second Timothy where we just read, all of this stuff is happening. And the question is, what are we going to do with this person who deserted us, who hurt us, who bailed on us when we needed them most? What are we going to do with this person? Do they receive a second chance and do they get grace do you see where I'm going with this y'all see where I'm going with this because we talk about receiving God's grace we also need to be giving God's grace and let's be very clear Paul who was called to give grace and Paul who believed in every fiber of his being in the grace of God had to make an honest decision That this is not what I want to do, but this is what I need to do. I want to hold a grudge, but I need to give. Y'all know the next word I'm about to say? Grace. You see what I'm saying? So here's the thing. Here's for all of us. It's so important and so vital for us to get that grace may be the very thing that is preventing us in our relationships from once again being whole. Giving and extending that grace is so important and so vital. Let's go to our next slide. As long as you're busy fixing the blame, you cannot fix the relationship. How many of you believe that to be true? Man, I believe that's so true. And you know what? You and I don't just fix the blame once, do we? every time it comes up well that wouldn't have happened if they wouldn't have and then fill in the blank right i wouldn't have left john where he was had he not deserted me when i needed him most i'm still fixing the blame i can't fix the relationship and so here's what we have to say if you're busy fixing the blame you cannot fix the relationship when i called out earlier in the the, the time together Whose face is coming to your mind that you need to reconcile with? Who do you need to extend grace? Who should you be taking out for that lunch or that dinner so that you can reconnect with them? Whoever they are, you probably have pushed them to the side and said, they're the one at fault because this is what they've done and they shouldn't have done it. And guess what? You may be right. You may be 100% right that it's their fault. It might be almost all their fault. Almost all their fault. Have any of you ever been almost all the way at fault? I'm just curious. It's it's a question. Have any of you almost ever... Been, and what did you need when you... <laughs> no, 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 no. What you do not see because you are not here on the stage is you don't see that one of the men in this church... Just said, yes, it was her. And he pointed at his wife. I cannot cosign that. I do not co-sign you doing that. And I am going to pray for you because you're going to need it. I'm just saying. I'm not calling you by name, but I'm praying for you. Yes, we've all been there. We're saying, <laughs> and one of you is now looking over. Was that you? No, it wasn't him. It was another him, right? We needed grace, even when it was almost all the way our fault. I'm trying to be funny to lighten the mood because I feel like you guys are saying Randy it's a little too rough it's a little too true it's a little too hard it's a little too harsh I don't know what to say because it hasn't gotten fixed for a long long time just waiting and hoping that everybody would just kind of get over stuff hasn't you know what I'm saying I mean right and so If we're not going to get over it, whose job is it to say, can we be called back to grace? I think it's supposed to be my job. I think it is. And if we keep on fixing blame on everybody else, guess who else never grows? If it's all your fault, I got no room for growth. I got nothing to work on for me. But it's hardly ever just your fault. Most of the time, I've got at least a little piece of it. Right? All right. Let's keep going. Let's keep going here. Let's move on. And forgiveness isn't an immediate return to how it always was. Forgiveness is not an easy road. Forgiveness is not a one-sided choice. It's an agreement to move forward, not to constantly look back. And forgiveness is not a one-time decision. How many of you have ever said, I forgive you, and then changed your mind the next day? Can I get an amen? I mean, right? You know, I forgive you. I forgive you. And then they do something and you're like, you crazy fool. What are you doing? This is now the second time. And you said, I thought you forgave. Aren't you supposed to forget? mm Mm-mm. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. No, we don't do that. The truth is, is it is hard for us. Forgiveness is not these things. Don't let this fool you. Don't think that forgiveness takes you right back to square one. But I will tell you that forgiveness has to get started. So here's what we take and here's what we leave behind. Let's start here. Here's what we take. For others, we take grace. And for us, we take self-awareness. Here's what I mean. Let's go to our next slide. This is really, really really insightful and I want you to think about it really hard if some of you guys like to take pictures I would encourage you to take a picture of this one if I may be so bold because we always judge ourselves by our intentions how many of you have ever said to somebody well you know I'm sorry that that happened but that wasn't what I wanted to happen And You thought that that was good enough to get you off the hook because you had good intentions even though everything went to all the pieces Right, we've done that why because we know what we were trying to do And it's hard to sit there and go. You know what? I was trying to do something good and it all went to pieces And I know you're mad and you got every right to be and I guess it's my fault even though I didn't want it to be we judge ourselves by our intentions. If you know that to be true, give me an amen. And we'll judge others by the outcomes, not even the actions, but the outcomes. So when it all goes to pieces, then it's their fault. We don't judge that they tried to do well or they meant to do well. We just go, who made this mess? Oh, it's you. For your children, this will push them away in every way possible. You judge yourself by your intentions and them by the outcomes. And how many of you know that when you're a kid, stuff just goes to pieces on you because you're a kid? (laughs) Right? Man, I I would never go back. As as good a physical shape I was in, I was a mess when I was a teenager, right? I mean, stuff just fell apart because I walked close to it, right? I, I mean, things got said wrong stuff fell apart stuff got worn out stuff that never had broken for 30 years got broken because I touched it when I was a teenager I don't know how it just did and so guess who always felt like he wasn't enough and wasn't good and wasn't smart and all that that's me can I get an amen surely not just me so if you judge them by the outcomes your kids are always gonna be on your hit list I said hit list right And you will never put yourself on there because you always know that your intentions were good and pure. You judge yourself by intentions and you judge others by outcomes. You do the same in your marriage. You do the same with your kids. You do the same with almost every single relationship. The only way that you overcome that is grace. And the only way that we really clue into grace is that self-awareness thing. And here's what I mean. Let's go to our next slide. Lamentations chapter 3. You've heard this verse before. He says, his compassions, they never fail. Great is thy faithfulness. There's a whole song written about this. And his compassion, what is compassion? It's giving somebody grace. But can I show you something? You've heard that bottom part of there. But look what it says. Yet I call this to mind, and therefore I have hope. In other words, I have to remind myself mentally what may be going against what I feel emotionally. This is maturity up here and this is emotion here. For most of us, we act from here, not from here. And we do that and then we want to undo what we've done. Your compassions never fail. They're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. That's what makes you great. That your compassions don't run out. That tomorrow was a new day, even though I blew it again today. They're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness, not my faithfulness, your faithfulness. And I have to call that to mind. Let's go to our next slide. You know, it's been a while since I did the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses. What's the next line? Forgive us our trespasses as we... Hmm. See where I'm going with this? See where I'm going with this? Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Now, that could mean as... In the same way, in equal measure, or it could be in time. As I keep forgiving, I'm going to ask you to keep forgiving me. Either way, if you're not, you lose. (laughs) This is important because God's telling us that if we are recipients of grace, we are called to be distributors of grace. We give it and we get it. And it's so important in both ways. If you are just getting and not giving, you don't get it. Get it. Let's go to our next slide. And this is from the Gospel of Mark. When you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. That's the words of Jesus found in the Gospel of Mark. Oh, by the way, the Gospel of Mark was written by the guy that Paul was ready to write off. Is that insightful? It wasn't because he wasn't worthy. It was because Paul was mad and angry. But see, God gave him a second chance and he took it and he ran with it. And the person who was ready to be left behind for dead and unworthy and unfit and unavailable for ministry became the man who wrote the Gospel of Mark John Mark how powerful is it that the man that had this sharp disagreement this argument that sent them in two different directions that both of them decided this hurt does not keep me from pursuing what God would have for me this hurt does not prevent me from pursuing what God would have for me. Listen. You may be right, and you may have every reason and every right to be hurt. But this hurt does not have to prevent you from pursuing what God has for you. And what He has for you is not to stay in that spot of hurt, and being left on that shore and saying you're not going with us this time because you're not worth it and you're not worthy. This hurt does not have to prevent you from pursuing what God has for you, amen? Let's go to our next slide. So here's what you leave behind. You leave behind the microscopes because they're out there. You can find something in some, oh, they liked this post and they shouldn't have, you know. They, they did this or they said that in this post that I wish they wouldn't have used a different word. Like, whatever. Like, throw away the microscopes. I promise your, your health and your mental health will be so much better. And for you, you've got to leave behind the scorecards for yourself. There is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Leave those things behind. You'll thank me later. Let's go on to our next slide. Here's something to learn. Most scholars consider 2 Timothy to be the last of Paul's letters. Those letters are also called epistles. You might have heard it being called his last epistle. In 2 Timothy's last chapter, what Eric read earlier, Paul asks for John Mark to be brought to him. You probably didn't catch it because you didn't know the whole story and what was leading up. But Paul, if you listened to it and you heard it, he basically is saying, I'm all by myself and I'm in this prison cell. And I'm this close to leaving this world. And here's what I want you to do. I'm going to read this. Let's, let's go on. Let's go to this next slide. 2 Timothy 4, 6 through 8. For I am ready to be poured out like a drink offering. The time of my departure is near. In other words, I see the finish line. I'm just about to leave this world. I fought the good fight. I finished the race. I've kept the faith. Oh, man. May we all say that. And he says, Thou there is a store in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not to me only, but also all who have longed for his appearing. And then on, in verse nine, you've heard that one. Here's what Eric was reading: Do your best to come to me quickly for Demas, because he loved this world, has deserted me, has gone to Thessalonica. Crescians has gone to Galatia, and Titus to Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. For a man who had given his life to people. And given his life for God's word and his truth to be spread, he's alone in a prison cell. And there he is with Luke, only one man, there next to him. Luke alone is with me, and I can tell you I'm not going to make it much longer. But here is what he says. After he says that only Luke is with me, he says to, T- to Timothy, Get Mark, bring him with you, because he's helpful to me in my ministry. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm so glad to serve a God who is bigger than my thoughts at any given moment. Think about that. I've had opinions, and I was wrong. I've said things, and I was wrong. I did things, and I was wrong. I didn't do some things, and I was also wrong. And in the midst of it all, I praise God to have friends and family that did not let that be the thing that defined who I was in their eyes. They gave me grace. I praise God that when I failed him in things that almost literally felt like life and death that he didn't say, Randy, go stand over there, you're done here. that he said, there's still something for you yet to do. And my failures did not disqualify me for God's plan for my life. And if you let that happen to you, I'm here to tell you, you are not defined by your worst moment. And to me, personally, I say amen and thank you God for not defining me by my worst moment. Can I get an amen to that as well? so here we are and i'm just about done here's where we are if you would have won the gift card who would have been the best person or maybe even two for you to take out like not the person that you would have but the person that you should have and then here's how you can apply this message you decide who needs you to extend grace to them and then do it wisely and lovingly now listen Listen to me. Look here. I'm going to make you smile at the end here. Don't say, you know, you and I, we dislike one another strongly. And I need to extend grace. And my pastor preached about it. And now I know that. That's not going to end well. Right? That's not going to end. So wisely and kindly and lovingly just say, you know what? I appreciate you and I value you. I know it's not always easy for us to be on the same page. But here's what I know. I know I love you. I don't have to have everything figured out. You don't have to agree with me and I don't have to agree with you, but I will tell you this, I love you, I value you, and I appreciate you. Son, I know that you're going through things that I don't understand and I'm always the guy in your ear that's telling you what to do and what not to do, but here's what I want you to know. I want you to know that I love you and I appreciate you and I value you. You're a gift from God into my life. Mom and Dad, you might not have been perfect when you raised me, but I know they don't hand out manuals when they send you home from the hospital. I think that you did the best you could, and here's what I want you to know. I want you to know that I love you, and I value you, and I appreciate you. On and on and on down the line. I've taken more time than I anticipated, so I'm gonna stop right there, but I think you get the point. You may be saying to me you may be saying you know randy that's kind of stupid because that ship has sailed (laughs) that ship has sailed and what was a good idea uh six months ago or three months ago or even two weeks ago is no longer an option can i just tell you you and i we have a god on our side who specializes in bringing home the long shots man (laughs) He has a way of flipping the odds. When it's impossible for you to see the way that it's going to get done, God says, with men, there are things that are impossible, but with God, there is nothing that is impossible. If God can raise a man from the dead and provide eternal life for all of humanity, I figure he can probably fix a broken relationship or two. On and on and on down the line. Here's what I would say. Long shots come in without God's help. How <laughs> I many of y'all remember what today is? Today is the Super Bowl. Today's the Super Bowl. And y'all know who's playing in the Super Bowl? Look close. That's the Rams and the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, I'm not here to advocate gambling because that's not what I'm doing. But did you know? that at the beginning of the year, the Cincinnati Bengals in some places were, well, in almost all places, they were 100 to one as the longest shot to win the Super Bowl. In some places, they were 300 to one. That means that if you bet $1 that they would win the Super Bowl, you would win 100. That's pretty good, by the way. That's pretty good odds. And it means it's probably not gonna happen. But guess who's playing tonight for the Super Bowl? long shots happen in this world without God's intervention I promise you with God's intervention all things are possible and so I would just say if we worship the God who has given us grace that we need to be the ones who also extend grace Christian lives are transformed by God's grace the receiving of it and the giving of it. If you're not involved in both, today's your day. Let it begin. Heavenly Father, please help us. We need to be examples and not just recipients, but also conduits of your grace. You are good to us. God, may you always be the example that we follow in our lives. May we do those things we know we should. And may we extend grace. And in our world, in our families, in our church, wherever we may be, may we be people who are examples and distributors of God's grace.